What's up, guys? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. I have my fellow Aussie, Ali Dor from Below Deck Sailing Yacht on today. She's really nice and super positive, and you'll get some good vibes from the chat and from listening to her. She just kind of has that, like, free spirit energy that emanates from her. So that's a good one. If I sound a bit flat today, by the way, I apologize in advance. Uh, I had some unfortunate family news this weekend, and to top it off, I've hurt my back somehow, and I can barely move, and I'm getting by on... On coffee and painkillers. So the struggle is definitely real. Uh, I'm fine though, so don't worry. I just don't want anyone thinking that I'm like phoning it in or being boring if I sound a little, I don't know, just a little dull today instead of my usual fiery self. Uh, a lot of you liked me having Kate Casey on because she's obviously a big name in the podcast world and I got a lot of nice messages about it, but I also knew that my show being exposed to her audience would like upset a few of the Karens and the Lemmings out there which it did. Listen to this one-star review I got after that episode dropped, You'll Die. They said, and I quote, Seems to me that you are racist as well as a woody defender. Cancel culture may just catch up to you. Hope you start to check your narratives. Ugh. These people literally have worms for brains. Like, I swear to God. I'm clearly not a Woody defender. Like, I've literally said on the podcast that he's a predator and a groomer, etc. Like, all of it. Literally, all I said was that the docuseries was one-sided and biased, which is a factually true statement. You can look it up. You can look up the details of the case and the things that were left out. That does not mean that I'm a Woody defender. It means that I'm acknowledging reality. And calling me a racist, I bet that's over the... um. All this stupid bachelor stuff that's go- that's going on. I knew that would happen, by the way. So on that last episode, I literally put up like a warning. I was like, guys, make sure you go back and listen to my other episodes where I talked about the bachelor so you can have the full context and you'll know what I'm, you know, actually talking about and where I'm coming from because I just knew a few of these like basket cases and like babies would like flip their lid over it. So obviously this person did, but whatever, it's fine. A lot of you sent me nice comments too. So whatever it's just funny like if you go over what I actually said like it's pretty straightforward and like down the middle like there's nothing even extreme or crazy but whatever people are so hypersensitive now and they just kind of like hear what they want to hear and then they project their own shit onto you it's like really sad use your listening ears people Uh, I'm still waiting to get some like one star reviews from people who actually like listen to my show because (laughs) so far the only times I've been like one star is from these Karens who heard like one episode and got triggered did like a drive-by it's no one that's actually been like listening for a long time if you've been listening uh to me for like a while and you know what i'm about and you still hate me feel free to one star me that's fine i would prefer that from like someone that like doesn't even know what i'm about um look anyway speaking of things that rattle the karens chris harrison has hired some like high-powered big shot lawyer to handle all this bachelor nonsense right now and i say good for him like i'm just fully team chris at this point i don't even care let me read you this quote from page six okay it's from like an unnamed friend of chris's that spoke to them quote chris has had a spotless record for 20 years he has always been the good company man but after the way he's been treated by producers and executives over the past couple of weeks he's run out of cheeks to turn now he's ready to tell the truth about how things really work over there and he has plenty of evidence to back him up 
It sounds like Chris Harrison is not going down without a fight, and I'm glad. Um, I feel like however you feel about how that, like, Rachel Lindsay interview went down, and, you know, if you're, like, Team Chris or Team Rachel Lindsay, whatever, it's hardly grounds to, like, fire him from the franchise. Like, even if you were not a fan of how he conducted himself there and you were, like, you know, really gung-ho for Rachel Lindsay, like... It's you don't fire someone for that. Like, sure, some backlash is justified and time out from TV, whatever, all good, um, but we don't need to go overboard. Like, he didn't throw Ben Higgins in a wood chipper or anything. Like, he's not a fucking murderer. Um, you know, he's issued multiple apologies. He was dropped from the After the Final Rose special. He's now been axed from hosting the next season of The Bachelorette. Like, even Rachel Lindsay herself said he should come back on the show and they should, quote, move forward. So just give it a fucking rest. I will say, though, that handsome black guy that filled in for Chris Harrison on the uh, Final Rose special, he did a really good job. Like, I actually would not be opposed to him hosting The Bachelor. Like, I don't think that I would mind. It's just that we know that Chris Harrison would have continued on as the host had this whole thing not happened, and the controversy just isn't big enough to justify giving him the boots. So, I feel like Chris should stay on. By the way, Matt James has now wiped his Instagram clean, and he actually tweeted something about needing to get a therapist. I just think that, like, these deranged fucking Bachelor fans are to blame for that. It is really the most toxic fandom of all reality television. All of you nutbags on the Bachelor subreddit and the Instagram fan pages, like, you put so much pressure on this guy as the first Black Bachelor that he was probably terrified the entire time of, like, messing something up and getting backlash, and then you spend the entire season cancelling Rachel Kirk Connell, which couldn't have been easy for Matt, because he'd obviously already, like, filmed the season and chosen her when all of the Rachel stuff came out, and then the whole like campaign against her and then you went after Chris Harrison and then it forced Matt into being like this franchise spokesperson for social justice and like all black issues across reality television which is just way too much to put on the shoulders of like one guy especially a guy that's on The Bachelor who like why couldn't you just let him go on and get his million Instagram followers and he's dancing with the stars gig like everybody else everyone else gets to do that and then Matt had to have this like unfair pressure on his shoulders You people take everything to, like, this whole other fucking level. It's just crazy. Like, Matt will probably be in therapy for the next three fucking years because of you. And also, this goes for the people that are actually, like, attacking Matt for dumping Rachel. Like, people who are, like, on Rachel Kirkconnell's side, fair enough. But, like, don't go and, like, attack Matt and, like, troll him and leave him, like, nasty comments. Like, I do think he caved to public pressure and that's why he dumped her. But if he wants to dump her, he can dump her. Like, he's been through enough. Like, he's been through the ringer. Don't start attacking him like he has so much on his plate and he can date whoever he wants to date like you don't get to dictate if he stays with Rachel Kirk Connell or not so just everyone leave these people the fuck alone Matt James Rachel Kirk Connell Chris Harrison Rachel Lindsay just like give them all a fucking break by the way have you seen this whole like Candace Owens and Cardi B having this stupid feud over the Grammys. It's so ridiculous. Like they've been arguing on social media for the last two weeks or so because Candace said the Grammys performance was like pushing a lesbian agenda and destroying the American family. She's acting like a turkey. I watched her on Tucker Carlson and she was just like ranting about the. She's like. It was the most Karen shit I've ever seen. And for the record, that's how all you wokies look. You're just the other side of the coin. Like, all the social justice warriors on Twitter and Reddit who were trying to get, like, Chris Harrison fired and cancelling everybody over minor offences. And, you know, you're out there penning these long essays about how problematic everyone is and they need to, like, do the work and fix their microaggressions. 
you're literally just doing the same shit as Candace Owens, except at least people are paying Candace Owens to act like a dickhead. Like, she has got a book deal, she's got a podcast, like, she's making money. Like, you're doing it for free. You're getting red in the face for free. You guys should all just move to a deserted island with, like, Piers Morgan and Candace Owens, and you can all argue over this dumb shit for the rest of eternity, and then you can leave the rest of us alone to watch The Bachelor and the Grammys in peace. I'm so over this bullshit. By the way, everyone that brought into this stupid Cardi B versus Candace Owens feud like you just got played because this was a publicity stunt to promote WAP and to plug Candace's new show at the Daily Wire like WAP YouTube views skyrocketed during this beef uh, WAP got played on Fox News about 1,000 times, which Cardi B would have loved, and I've seen Candace and Ben Shapiro have just been milking this whole scandal. For all that it's worth, they have some new show that they're doing at The Daily Wire, so congratulations to everyone who helped make Cardi B and Candace Owens even richer than they already are. Now, what else is going on outside of all of this stupid stupid mess. Um, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, they were busted for faking a scene. Um, So viewers noticed that Margaret's nail polish completely changed colours during a certain scene where she was like meeting with her ghostwriter. So just to be clear, this was probably like just a pickup shot. So what happens with these shows is like you do filming and then at the end when they have stuff that they didn't, uh, you know, capture on camera correctly or maybe the audio was off and something might need some more like context for a storyline, they'll bring the person back to like either reenact it or to maybe like, I don't know, add some extra dialogue or whatever. It's pretty standard, but... What makes this one kind of, like, iffy is that the scene in question, like, Margaret was crying and talking about really emotional stuff, so it's like, wow, like, you reshot a crying scene? Like, it's not just, like, redoing some audio, you- you're basically being an actress. It's like you've fucking, they, you know, reshot that, what's that Marvel Snyder movie, Zack Snyder movie or whatever. They went back and reshot. I don't know what it is, but everyone on fucking Twitter is like talking about watching it. Ariana on Vanderpump Rules actually got caught doing this before. Like there was some season of Vanderpump Rules. Um, she was talking about how she wanted to commit suicide and she was like crying and everything. And then her hair changed lengths in the middle of the scene. Um, I don't know. Look, we just need to start looking at these shows more as, like, they're daytime soaps, not really reality shows, because I just think they're too produced at this point. Like, what about when Margaret pushed Marty in the pool? That was so set up and fake. Like, that was one of the fakest things I've ever seen on a reality show. And then, what was it, last last season or whatever, Melissa was thinking about having another baby. Obviously, that was bullshit. Um, what else? Remember when Dorinda and Sonia literally filmed a commercial for The Hustle on Housewives of New York, but they, like, put it in the show as if it was a natural scene of just the ladies going to watch a movie. It's just, ugh, come on. Whatever. Um, anyway, not much else happened in that episode. Jennifer got really drunk and, like, fell over, but we'd already seen it in the trailer, so I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's the thing from the trailer. Um, Teresa was talking about how she's been eating pineapples, so her pussy juice will taste sweet. These Housewives shows, like, they're actually getting so sexual. I feel like every second episode the women are talking about, like, dildos and doing anal and threesomes. They keep this up, like, Candace Owens will be back on Tucker Carlson, like, talking about Bravo Destroy. American families. Um, I caught the end of Dallas and Deandra got really drunk and it came out that she changed her surname to have more clout in Dallas society. I don't remember like the finer details of it, but 
Mama D was basically like, yeah, she changed her name because she thought it would take her further in Dallas. And then Deandra had this like drunken meltdown. She was like throwing shoes and screaming and saying that she might not get her inheritance now. I swear the longer that Deandra stays on TV, the more and more I see why Mama D didn't sign the company over to her in season two. Remember we were we like we all thought Mama D was the villain? Now it's like fuck. No wonder she didn't want Deandra running the family business. She's a complete fucking mess. This is what happens when trust fund kids turn 50. It's not pretty. So please make sure that you develop your life skills early in life, that you know how to work for a dollar and um you know how to manage money and just act like a normal, responsible adult, because Deandra has no idea how to do that. Speaking of Dallas as well, and, you know, speaking of, like, leaving people alone, this is to the trolls, like, people need to give Brandy Redman a bit of a break. Like, she already quit the show, and people are just, like, relentless with her. Like, her husband is in a cheating scandal right now, which is splashed all over the media. Everyone's calling her racist. She was in a mental health facility last year for feeling suicidal. Um... She's been through the ringer. What else? Her nine-year-old daughter was in a car accident that killed her mother-in-law a few months ago. Like, how traumatic is that? Brandy's dog Sugar died a few weeks ago. I mean, you know, they say when it rains, it pours. Brandy has had a fucking really rough, like past 12 months that is just not letting up. And the Twitter people, I feel like they need to just chill a little. Like, I'm I'm honestly, I'm a little concerned about Brandy Redmond's mental health and the state of her. I'm not going to lie. Like, I've been critical of her before. Obviously, I'm critical of, like, a lot of people here on the podcast. I'm not trying to do, like, a holier-than-thou bullshit as if, like, you know, I don't come after people. But it's like, you know, don't kick a dog when they're down. And, like, Brandy is, like, down, 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 down in, like, the dumps right now with just a lot of shit going on. And, yes, she's brought some of it on herself for sure. And, like, she's definitely been criticised, like, validly for some of the things she's done. Absolutely. But I just feel like maybe give it a rest at the moment. Like, I'm actually, I'm kind of worried that, like, with everything going on with her, we're going to find out in the next few weeks that, like, she's hurt herself or she's had some kind of, I don't know, I just I really feel for her. So, on a lighter note, I'm also watching Temptation Island and Mama June Road to Redemption, which, which uh, just premiered. Temptation Island this season, it's definitely not living up to what I was hoping for. I know I hyped the fuck out of this before it premiered and I was like screaming at you all to watch it. And honestly, it's gone downhill a bit. First two seasons were epic. This season is a bit, hmm. I mean, it's not like terrible. Like I'm still enjoying it, but it's, I mean, I was expecting like a 10 out of 10 epic television and, you know, a masterpiece. And I'm, what I've got is a, you know, somewhat enjoyable standard reality show. So, anyway, look, there is one pretty juicy storyline going on. There's this one guy, Kendall, and he has this really cute girlfriend, Erica. Their problem coming uh, into the show was that, like, he's really controlling and a perfectionist and he holds her to these very unrealistic standards all the time and she has no self-esteem and she's a total doormat. Well, he started cheating on her with this very uninhibited blonde named Alexis who... She doesn't have much of a social media presence online, which is usually suspicious. It usually means you're hiding something. So, she lists her job on the show as a personal assistant. I'm, like, wondering if she, you know, has any other lines of work. But anyway, Kendall is enjoying a fling with her. Um, He banged her, like, a week ago. And then about a day or two later, they had a threesome together with this other girl named Nicole. And now... 
as the show's continuing, they're in this, like, budding, thruple relationship. So he's fucking two different women, and all this time his girlfriend has to watch it play out from the other side of the island, which is like, I mean, how hard would that be, seeing your partner cheat on you with not just one person but two? Pretty wild, but I did see something on the Temptation Island subreddit about Kendall and Erica's relationship being fake. So, word is, according to this person, it's unverified, um, that he applied for the show and then when he was, like, getting accepted that he basically just started asking his ex-girlfriends if they would do it with him and Erica agreed. Again, that is unverified. We don't know for a fact. You know, who knows if it's true, but that would make sense as to why this season isn't that great because the previous seasons had, like, a real emotional weight to them that this one doesn't have and maybe it's just because the couples aren't genuine so i don't know it's just not hitting the spot all right so mama june road to redemption oh my god i cannot with this show so this just premiered like a few days ago uh for some quick backstory on this, Mama June is Honey Boo Boo's mum. They've had this family reality show for years and things really went off the rails last season because Mama Jean and her boyfriend Gino got like a meth and cocaine addiction and it was completely out of control. Like the show used to be heavily scripted. Like it was practically just like a really cheap, low budget family sitcom. Like that's how fake it was. And then when Mama June got on the meth, like shit got real. I mean, they would break the fourth wall all the time. Mama June lost her front teeth. Honey Boo Boo had to go live with her sister Pumpkin. Mama June and Gina were arrested. They're facing jail time. Well, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is that Mama June appears to be sober now, but the bad news is that the show has gone back to being a scripted snooze fest. Like, it's so fucking fake. It's embarrassing. Like, Pumpkin and her husband are pretending to have marriage problems and they have all of these, like, really fake arguments throughout the episode. Like, there was one part where she made him sleep on the porch and it was just completely scripted. Um, They've also brought back one of the other sisters, Jessica, and she's pretending that she can't pay her rent, so she has to, like, move back in with Honey Boo Boo and Pumpkin, but it's obviously, like, just for the show. They also had this totally fake scene, right, where... Pumpkin's husband, Josh, comes home from work and Jessica is asleep on the couch and Pumpkin hasn't told Josh in the storyline that Jessica is, like, moving in with them. So, he comes home and he thinks that it's Pumpkin asleep on the couch, so he tries to, like, snuggle with her and then she screams and it's meant to be this kind of, like, you know, wacky, mistaken identity, like, you're not Pumpkin! And it's just so fucking dumb, honestly. There's, like... The whole scene, like, he comes home from work and there's a fucking camera crew set up with, you know, Jessica asleep on the couch under a sleeping bag. It's like, why would, why the fuck would a camera crew be, like, filming you while you're asleep on the couch at, like, midnight? It's fucking so dumb. Um, Meanwhile, Mama June and Gino, they definitely seem sober because they fix their teeth and they're both morbidly obese. Like... I think they're actually getting fat on purpose because the original premise of the show was about Mama June losing weight and then having a sexy makeover. So I feel like they're just porking up again. So next season, like, the cameras can follow June and Gino as they try to lose the pounds and get healthy. And, like, the rest of the season is going to follow Mama June just, I guess, trying to get back into her family's life. And I would not let her back in if I was them. Like, she's pretty fucking awful. She's dated pedophiles. She chooses, like, men and drugs over her own kids. I think they should just 
let let Mama June go, I don't know, keep it caught cordial with her for the cameras and, you know, to keep the checks coming in for this stupid show. Um and will I keep watching it? Maybe. I think I can do a bit of a background watch on it. I mean, they are cute. Like, they are funny. Honey Boo Boo's, like, a funny little girl. By the way, she needs to lose some weight, too. I mean, I know we're not meant to, like, fat shame or anything, but it's, like, to, it's an issue where it's, like, she's having health problems. I'm not concerned trolling. Like, it's it's a problem. And it's really sad because she is such a confident, like fun girl. She's definitely going to have a future in media because she has the personality for it, but they need to get her health under control. It's like, it's atrocious. Like she's turning into just like a mama June 2.0. All right. So let's just get into my interview now with uh, Ali door from below deck sailing yacht. Oh, by the way, I've got a little below deck tea. They are doing an Australian version of, Below Deck, um, I've heard the whispers through the grapevine, so I heard about that. And then, you know how with, like, technology now, with, like, Instagram and Facebook and stuff, they basically read all of your private messages, you know, the algorithm or fucking whatever it is, and then they, like, sell you ads based on what you're talking about? Well, I was talking to someone about this new Below Deck Australian spinoff, and then Instagram is, like, obviously reading our private fucking messages, because that's what they do, because they're totally evil. And then um, they started recommending me ads in my stories to uh, apply to be, like, a charter guest for a yachting show that's filming in Australia, which is obviously Below Deck, because what else would it be? Um, from what I've heard, they're not just doing Below Deck Australia, they're actually doing a bunch of them, and it's going to be for that Peacock streaming service. So, I guess Bravo and NBC is just going all in on this Peacock thing. They probably need a lot of content, and I think they're going to be spinning off a lot of their shows, but doing it as, like, Peacock exclusives because we also have The Real Housewives of Miami that's being rebooted, and that's not going to air on Bravo. It's just for Peacock. So get ready for a wave of new Bravo spinoffs. There's going to be more Bravo content than we can handle. I mean, I feel like there's fucking too much Bravo content already as it is. Do we need any more shows? I don't know. But look, Below Deck Australia, that's on the way. And Below Deck, God knows where else, because I've heard that it's not just Australia. There's a lot of new Below Decks coming. Anyway, uh, make sure you're watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht Season 2. It is airing right now. Obviously, it's on Bravo in the States. If you're in Australia, you can watch it on the streaming service. Hey, you, and say hello to Ali Dore. All right, guys, I am joined by one of the stars of Bravo's Totally Wild and Outrageous Below Deck Sailing Yacht, Ali Dore. How are you? Hey, Jacques. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here because I'm so into Below Deck Sailing Yacht this season. It's crazy. But first question, do you usually chain smoke in the spa or was that a one-off? <laughs> <laughs> My iconic movie star moment. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay, look, I I used to be a smoker. I know it's gross. I used to be a smoker. So every time I have a drink, I can't help myself. It's like all inhibitions go out. And, yeah, I'm having having many, many of those moments. There's going to be plenty (laughs) of screen grabs of me with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth while I'm having a glass of whiskey on the side, I think. (laughs) 
Uh, I love it. So, look, I'm I'm so into this season, but before we get into the show, I just want to know a bit about you. So, like, where in Australia are you from and, like, where are you based at the moment? So, I'm from Melbourne in Australia and at the moment I am working on a boat in the Sundays, which is, like, tropical North Queensland, some beautiful paradise islands um, just off the mainland. Um, but right now in this current moment, I'm in the Gold Coast, um, which is a bit further down south. So I've got a week off work at the moment and I fly back up to the Sundays in the morning. Are you a bit of a nomad usually? I feel like all the below deck people just like live out of a suitcase and just like travel around everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I have like, I don't know where my belongings are, basically. <laughs> That's what it's come to. I've been living out. I haven't signed a lease for a house in two years now. I've been living out of a suitcase for a good year now. It's. I mean, it gets old at times, but you're always having amazing adventures. But I'm definitely getting to a point where I kind of want to plant my feet for a little bit. Um, I mean, you're always going to reach an expiration date with that type of lifestyle, I think. Yeah, I mean, you can only do it for so long and then it's like a bit of a burnout, I think. (laughs) And are you like, you're like a dive instructor or something, right? Like besides the boat work? Um, Yeah, I'm a dive master, which is, um, it doesn't mean I can certify people, which an instructor does. It means I'm like uh, a dive guide. So it's kind of more fun because it's less responsibility. Um, If I work on course, I'm assisting the instructor. So I'll take someone who is having anxieties or having trouble with skills or uh, the younger ones, I'll take them one-on-one and the instructor will have the group. And then most of my diving is guiding certified divers, which is really enjoyable. Have you had any like near-death diving experiences, like any like shark run-ins or anything crazy? I've had some nice shark (laughs) run-ins. Sharks are friends. That's definitely my favorite motto. Um, Fish are friends. Sharks are friends. But um, no scary, no scary run-ins. I definitely have had some people that I dive with um, that have had some pretty close calls. Um, It's also where in in Australia we have a lot of cold water diving on the east coast, so that attracts bigger shark species such as great whites <laughs> um no great white run-ins at this stage <laughs> but definitely some sightings <laughs> okay well i mean hopefully if you do have a great white run-in they'll capture it on camera for below deck because that'll be a good episode i can imagine the promo with- <laughs> <laughs> they always do that every time like the boat even like bumps something like the promos are like dun like it's gonna be like the titanic and then you watch the episode and it was kind of like just like a normal problem that they took care of <laughs> i know it's the music the music gets you <laughs> i know it's edited so well i always I say this like since like I got into Below Deck, you get so sucked into even, like, the smallest drama, like, with the, like, the chef or something, like, oh, my God, is, like, the food going to get out on time? And you're, like, on the edge of your seat. It's something so tiny, but this is the way that they do it. So invested. (laughs) It's, like, yeah, because I I was a Below Deck fan. Well, I am a Below Deck fan before going on the show, and um, I was totally right there with them. Like, you know, the timing of the food, the stew's taking too long, I'm, like, on the edge of my seat. <laughs> How did you get on the show? Like, did you just apply? Like, did you see something online and you, you just went for it or were you scouted? No, yeah, I actually um didn't apply. I was scouted I, on my – I have my personal Instagram page, but then I also have a diving Instagram page. So they found me on that, which I found – 
I was like, no way. Like, they want me, some like Aussie girl from Melbourne. What do you mean? And you're a fan of, you're like a Bravo fan. Yeah. So you must have been like, holy shit, below deck slid my DMs. Yeah, I was literally like, oh my God, I'm going to meet Andy Cohen. <laughs> 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 that was like my first reaction. I'm going to meet Andy Cohen. Um, but yeah, I had to actually do a bit of research when I got contacted. I'm like, no way. This is not real. This is spam. I should report this message. But obviously, it all, it all worked out. <laughs> I feel like some of the cast on this sailing yacht this season, like, aren't as experienced in the yachting industry as, like, some of the main below-deck shows. Like, I kind of feel like they're like, let's get hot people with, like, big personalities that like to party and stick them on, like, the smallest boat that we can film a show on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they definitely um, threw a few of us um, into the mix, like, I... uh, I'm not, I I haven't read anyone's CV. I have no idea. But um, (laughs) I think that, I mean, I know it was Sydney's first time on a super yacht. She'd only been on little yachts, but she grew up sailing. For me, I'm a deckhand. I'm not a stew. So I'm a deckhand on motor yachts and I had only been on small yachts. And so sailing, super yachts, interior, they really threw me in the deep end. I was like, I was the biggest nerd though before I went on. I full on studied like making towel folds in quarantine and like made like flashcards of cocktails to make. I was the biggest loser. And clearly it didn't help me with turndowns because as you can see. Oh, I know. (laughs) Were you just, were you just like, I'm not going to be the one that has like the bad tablescape and like gets in trouble by the chief stew. You're like, I'm going to nail this. Yeah, I, I honestly, I take my job very seriously. As much as I love to have fun, um, I work just as hard as I play and I really didn't want to let down my, my crew and I didn't want to let down my captain and I definitely didn't want to let down Daisy. I have so much respect for Daisy and she really guided me with such patience and she gave me a lot of clarity on things. She trained me the right way. And I guess sometimes it's kind of a benefit to come on as green as I did because she could train me the way that she wanted me to do things. Um, so that can kind of work in, in favour of the department heads at times. I think she's Daisy is great on the show. Like, she is such a good chief stew. Like, just watching her this season, I feel like she's going to stick around like Kate and Hannah did. Like, I just feel like oh, yeah. she'll be part of that sailing yacht because she totally just agree. fits in so well. Yeah, and she's uh, so funny. She's got that wit. She's got that dry humour. Like, Kate had that as well. And that's just, you know, the audience, I feel, really responds to that. I respond to that personally, but it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, I love her. Do you feel like um, filming the show during COVID kind of like made things more intense? Because you were kind of in like a COVID bubble, like, because usually the below deck people, like you'll at least get to like get off at the port and like go out to a bar or something. But you guys were just like stuck on the yacht the whole time, right? Oh, yeah. This is our our floating bubble. (laughs) And I mean, like you are working with your crew all day long and then your downtime is with your crew. At least when you get to get off the boat, you can sort of mix with other human beings, but we didn't have that. And um, we very rarely do get to even get off the boat. And when we do, there is, you know, we're isolated in our little bubble and we had very, very strict um, protocols for COVID safety that we had to follow regardless, but it made so much more drama. Like I think because I'm a fan of the show, I think about other seasons and then I think about what went we went through as a crew and I'm like, no way any other season can 
top the amount of drama that we have. I, I just, I can't foresee that. I mean, I really hope that it comes across because it's going to be really good viewing for everyone. But yeah, it was a lot of tears and tantrums and stress and yeah, it was it was the whole lot. <laughs> just the trailer is wild. Like when I saw the trailer, I'm like, this is like Vanderpump Rules on a boat, like turned up to another level because I'm kind of new to Below Deck. I've like become like such a fan now, but I only really properly got on with like the last season of Med and the last season of the of the main Below Deck. And I was like really sucked into them, but they weren't like explosive drama. And then I see Sailing Yacht and I'm like, this is off the chain. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> these people are wild. <laughs> I know we look like wild animals. I'm like, what have we done? <laughs> are there um, any private? Are there any private areas on the boat where you can kind of like escape the cameras and have a private conversation? Because like, it doesn't really look like. It. No, and I mean, I, I mean, there's no there's no cameras in the to- in our toilets in our cabins, but. We're mic'd all the time, um, which is kind of gross because in the toilet with a mic. I know. On, do you like? like- <laughs> are you able? Do you have like an off switch? Can you turn it off when you go? The you bathroom? have to like completely, completely undo it, which takes a few minutes. And if you're in the middle of a busy charter, that you don't have those minutes free when you're in the bathroom. So I just was like, sorry guys. I was like stripping <laughs> naked in my cabin. I was going to the toilet. I was just doing all my things. And like, I know that this is not their first time. They're just going to have to deal with this. <laughs> was it hard to be like, like so open and vulnerable at all? Like I know that on one of the, like maybe it was like episode two, you were kind of self-conscious when you had to get in a bikini and stuff. Was it like having to do all of that in front of the cameras? Like, was that hard or were, are you just like a sort of free person? It was like, whatever. Yeah, I'm such a free spirit in general, and I'm I can't help but be true to myself. It's just I'm just not. I, I've lived my life this way. I you, like I feel like I'm sort of enigma in my personality because you can't pigeonhole me into one category anyway. So when you put cameras in front of me, I'm incapable of faking anything. Um, it's just it's too much effort to anyway. I don't I don't think if anyone was faking it, then they would have got that would have gotten old very quickly. But having cameras um, in that moment when Daisy and I had that conversation about um, you know body insecurities, that was my first moment of th- feeling very vulnerable and very exposed because I'm in a bikini and I'm around such beautiful women and I'm about to be I'm I've got a camera in my face and it was it was pretty confronting and I. You know, I have my own insecurities. I'm a human being. I'm a woman. We all do. It's normal. So um, being able to have a friend that I could connect on that with, that really, that was a really nice bonding moment for Daisy and I, actually. Yeah, she was really supportive. I mean, I have quarantined bodies, so there's no way that I would be (laughs) disrobing on camera. So (laughs) good for you. I feel you. (laughs) So I have a question. Why is Gary getting all the girls on the show when Jean-Luc is on board? Because first Sydney and now you. Like if I was on a boat with Jean-Luc, I think I would like sticky tape myself to his gigantic (laughs) leg. (laughs) JL was like the heartthrob. He, he, like, guests came on and they were like, wow, he is gorgeous. We love him. Bring him out. He's, where's our man candy? But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Da- um, Sydney and I, we just had like different, a different focus, I guess. I'll say this it took me a long time to warm up to Gary. I, I did not go come on board looking for a romance. I came on board for a, for an experience and to work in the interior, which is something that a department that I've not worked in before. That was my, you know, intention coming on board. And 
Um, with Gary, there's there's this. Uh, he's quite charismatic. I mean, it may not come across, but he actually is really fun. He's really funny. Um, he's he's very enjoyable to have a conversation with, and our chemistry was definitely there. And obviously, he's had some sort of chemistry with Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jean Luc <laughs> seems like a bit of a himbo. Like I love Jean Luc, but I can oh, see God. the personality wise. Gary seems to have a bit more personality. Yeah, JL, I love him, but I look at him like in that little brotherly way. He's he's not my flavor. He's just not my flavor. And <laughs> I have very bizarre taste in men anyway. So no one can figure out what my type is. So you know me being attracted to anyone on board was always going to be an obscure choice. <laughs> uh, well, you also hooked up with Sydney, like one of the first episodes. Oh. You propositioned Natasha. Have you been <laughs> in relationships with women before or is it just like when you just drink, it's like anything goes? <laughs> um, look, I, I haven't been in relationships with women. I have had flings with women. Um, I don't sort of I don't feel like I've ever needed to make a big announcement about my sexuality, but I guess if you wanted to like put a label on it, it I would be pansexual. I'm just attracted to human beings. I'm attracted to people's people's aura. I'm attracted to energy, and that uh, I guess I'm I'm quite se- a comfortable person with my sexuality. And um, when I feel a sexual attraction with someone. It doesn't matter who they are, what they are, what they identify as. It's just, it's just something that is energetically there for me. So that's that's kind of where I am on that. Um, but it's just, I feel quite blessed that I haven't actually had to be someone who has to come out in some way. Um, and that shows how much privilege I have had um, that I haven't had, you know, that stigma attached to you know, what, what my mm. likes and dislikes are. And I know so many people who don't have such an easy road and I have so much empathy for that. Um, and I'm, I'm forever grateful that I don't have to go down those tough roads. Well, Izzy recently came out as a lesbian. I'm friends with Izzy. I love her. I mean, so cool. are we going to see, are we going to see you on a date with Izzy? I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> the below deck fans <laughs> would lose their mind. <laughs> Izzy, yeah, she's in Australia, actually. I think she's in Sydney she at the is. moment. Yeah. Um, Izzy and I have actually been chatting. She's been so cool. Like, she um, has been giving me a lot of a lot of um, advice and support because it's. I'm finding the whole experience of being on TV and the attention, I'm finding it a little bit overwhelming. Um, mm. And I think that's kind of a normal thing when – you're sort yeah. of thrown into the spotlight like this. It's it's not something that I was seeking out. So for me, it's something that I kind of need to warm up to. She's been great um, and really supportive. So I mean, I won't rule anything out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she she's so nice. Like I love her. Um, who are you? Are you friends with any other below deck people? Um, from pre- previous seasons. Yeah, just any, or even your current season, previous um, seasons. Previous seasons, no, not really. I've I've spoken to Easy. I've had a exchange some messages with Colin. Um, Colin Macy O'Toole. Is that, that his surname? Oh yeah, yeah, too, yeah. Yeah, too too many words in his surname to remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really like Colin. He's very cool. Um, I've exchanged a couple of messages with Paget as well, but I wouldn't say friends with any of them. But um, with 
out from our crew, I'm super tight with Danny. We talk every single day. I'm super tight with Natasha. Same same deal. Um, Daisy and I spent quite a lot of time together when we when we wrapped filming. We um spent a lot of time in Spain together. Um, we lived in a place together for uh, about six weeks and yeah, Daisy wow. and I are very, very close, very tight. And, you know, I speak to Gary here and there. Um, I've got a good relationship with everyone and, you know, you, you have me, a girl gang on that yeah, show. Yeah, we got a little posse. It's so cute. I love it. <laughs> was, was Sydney the, the hardest one to work with on board? Because already we can see on the show, there's like a, we can see a love triangle like brewing. So, and we've seen the preview of you going off on someone. It looks like Gary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you'll be correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, my friendship with Sydney is really hard to define. Um, I really like Sydney. She's got, she's a good girl. She's got a great heart. Um, we're so different fundamentally. I, when we both got on board, we actually both figured out that we had said each other would be the person that we thought we'd click with the, the, the quickest. And, um, it turns out to be the opposite. We actually struggled with our relationship. And, of course, when you put, um, you know, a mutual interest in the dynamic, that's going to complicate things. But on top of that, we're just such different people. I'm very, very open. I'm very direct. I'm, I'm very comfortable with expressing myself. Um, and Sydney, she's more of like, you know, she keeps her cards close to her chest. She, she doesn't communicate as clearly as as I would like in a, in someone who I'm close with. And, and that's where for me, I kind of stalled a bit on, on our connection. I found it quite difficult to, to feel close with someone who I didn't feel like I was getting their whole self out of. Um, we had our journey and you'll see it unfold. We definitely have our journey. (laughs) (laughs) Being on the boat, like, as well, like not being able to leave, being in kind of like a COVID bubble and a below deck bubble. Is it just like even something small, like if someone's like a bit rude to you in the kitchen or whatever, does it just feel like so much more intense than it would like out in the real world? I think so. But then you know you're going to get over it quicker. That's the thing. I'm super sensitive. Like if if Natasha, Natasha takes her job very seriously, if Natasha oh. <laughs> expressed any frustration towards me if I was being a bit slow with service or anything like that if that ever came up which was very rare that she did she was she was great she's actually quite chill in that in that manner but she still does take everything very seriously I don't know getting the food mm-hmm. out quickly is super important but I would like that would be like a stab in my heart I'd be like oh my god Natasha thinks that I'm slow oh <laughs> so I take because we're such a family and we're so bonded and we're such a strong unit like letting someone down it feels so much bigger anyway mm-hmm. um but you know you're always going to get over it straight away like it's like family Well, the awkwardness as well, if like you have an issue with somebody, it's so small that like you can't avoid them. Because in real life, sometimes if you have a, you'll just like run the other way, but you can't do that on the boat. Um, Yeah, especially when you're sharing a room with them. (laughs) (laughs) Hint, hint. (laughs) No spoilers, but there's only one three person cabin. (laughs) Well, well, I can't believe that, um, that Captain Glenn has to share a room. Because I feel like Captain Sandy and Lee, like, would never. Like, yeah. they don't share with anyone, do they? I, Glenn doesn't even have us call him Captain. He has us call him Glenn. He is just so down to earth. He treats us like 
you know, I mean, there there is a unspoken level of authority regardless with a captain, but he really treats us like like we are a family and he has his meals with us in the crew mess and he he gives you like fatherly advice. He gives you like support and comfort in no captain has the time for that, but Glenn makes the time for that. And for him to share a, a cabin with someone, it just – again shows his character and how down to earth he is and and how great he is at creating that really strong family dynamic yeah he's so great on the show i love with the below deck franchise how they do like all the captains have a very different personality like lee sandy now glenn they're like all so different it just adds like that different flavor to the show totally yeah and i've seen a lot of um feedback of people talking about why uh glenn and daisy were so phased that um gary and sydney stayed in the guest cabin um you know have have we not learned anything from last season but it's just i mean sailing yachts are more laid back anyway i'm used to motor yachts so i'm used to that type of uh it's a bit more strict a bit more rigid Mm -hmm. um sailing yachts are naturally a bit more of a laid-back environment but then on top of that you've got Daisy, who is such a patient, down-to-earth Chief Stew, and then Glenn, who's just amazing. It's not something, you know, the, the cabin wasn't cleaned anyway. It wasn't like they went and messed it, up, messed it up. That would be a totally different story, and you've seen Daisy's reaction to that when someone yeah. used the day head. But, um, yeah, it's just it's just a different, a different environment. So I guess it kind of what? makes... The rules what, a bit different. What did you think of um of like Francesca's style on Below Deck? Because she was like she was so strict. I thought it was good TV because she was like because she was so uptight. Like I enjoyed what like it made a lot of like friction. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I know. I think that um I'm pretty adaptable. If if it was me uh, working in the interior for the first time and under Francesca, I think I would have had a bit more trouble because I wouldn't have had the level of patience that I was given with um, Daisy and then also Danny because she helped me a lot as well. Um, but, I, I mean, I would have learned. Yeah, well, do you have any plans for after the show? Like are you are you going to do a podcast? Are you going to end up on The Bachelor? Are you going to go back <laughs> to diving? Like <laughs> what does the future hold? Oh, God, I hope I don't end up on The Bachelor. That would be grim. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i would you know what i'd love to do survivor i'm a survivor super fan that's definitely more my vibe but i don't think um i don't think any of those dating shows i'd probably be really good at it because i'd cause a lot of you know waves (laughs) all the below deck people people, i feel like they want to go and do like a survivor or like an amazing race like any of those like adventure style shows yeah yeah that's honestly the only if that you know if the opportunity fell into my lap it's not something I'm seeking out like I said before I do find the attention to be a little bit overwhelming just for my just who I am um but if it fell into my lap I mean that sounds like a sick adventure I would love to do something like the amazing race as well yeah that's another good one I would love to do something like that those are the once in a lifetime types of opportunities have you you said that you've been like finding it a bit hard, you know, in the spotlight all of a sudden. Have you had any like mean messages yet from like trolls and stuff? I've had so much support and kindness. Oh. Um there's definitely been a few like a couple of little mean messages just people um I knew that talking about my my uh my weight, not my weight. I don't want to say weight, but just talking about my body insecurities. Um 
on camera, I knew that that was kind of going to give people on a silver platter some ammo. If they do want to hurt me, then there you go. That's that's my insecurity. I've just told you. So I had a couple of people say negative comments um, uh-huh. about my about my body and. M- 99.9% of the feedback that I got on that topic was so kind, so kind. And I was just absolutely touched by that. And then and then I've had so many people who have talked about my attitude, my positive attitude towards work and, you know, my, my positive attitude towards life. And that's something that I, I really value in myself. So it's really nice to have that recognized. So I've actually had such, such kindness, but I know my time will come. You know, there's a long journey ahead. I know that there'll be plenty of negative things to be said. So I got, I've just got to roll with it as best as I can. Well, I mean, I find that even with me, like putting myself out there with my podcast, I get so much positive feedback, but then those like few negative comments you get, like they do stick with you, even though it can be all the, it can be so much positivity. And then it's like the negative thing. It just can get under your skin, but yeah, I know I wish I I could just like, you know, let it roll off my back a bit better. And it's going to be a learning experience. I think it's going to be a strengthening experience. I am a little yeah, bit you'll sensitive. Grow. So um, it will, yeah, oh, exactly, I'll grow. So I just got to take it as it comes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So what can we, without giving like big spoilers, what can we expect? Like can you give us like a hint? Because I know there's just, it looks so dramatic. Oh, yeah, drama is definitely the word of the day, isn't it? <laughs> Are there more love triangles? Um, yeah, there's there, – no, there's no, – are there? Mm, yeah, you, you could say that, I guess. I imagine it's like interchange, like, because you're all – it's just a small group of people on this boat for like an extended period of time. I feel like things must swap around, like some unintentional couples swapping. Yeah, there's I, – I mean, everyone's seen the trailer, everyone's seen – you know, what happens between Danny and I and it's not hard to figure that out. So there's, um, you know, there's my moment with Danny. Danny's got some, her own romance heating up. I've got my own situation. <laughs> um, Sydney's got her situation. So there's, yeah, there's a lot going. Let's just say when it comes to all the romances on board, let's just say Colin should be grateful he had a girlfriend. because it kept him out of so much drama (laughs) so to be like yeah colin staying out of it and everyone else just a shit show which i cannot wait to watch because i i love it i mean it's such a great cast i love everyone on the show like there's no one that i watch and like you know i dislike i think everyone kind of like brings something and it's just funny and the guests are funny and Glenn is likable and yeah. you know you get the the beautiful like you know ocean yachting scenes like it just has everything I'm such a below deck fan now and I cannot wait to watch the rest of the season and thank you so much for coming on oh thank you so much I've had so much fun it's been it's been good I've enjoyed this <laughs> That's it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Remember, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. So on Apple, you subscribe there. If you listen on Spotify, make sure you hit the follow button. You can follow me on social media at UnpopularJP on Twitter and Instagram. If you like the show and you would like to support it, you can buy me a coffee over on buymeacoffee.com slash UnpopularJP. You can also follow me on Clubhouse at UnpopularJP. Thanks again for listening and feel free to message me on social media. I respond to everything and I love to hear from you guys. Thank you.